have you heard of powered paragliding? Is that like jetpack with wings? No. It's like... Is it like I'm paragliding, but I got like a lawnmower on my back that's blowing me around? Yes. Yeah. That sounds like a 60% death rate activity. <laughs> I love it. It's just like a dude on a fan. It's just a big fan. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Just put a the, moving fan. Put the and... spinning blade right next to the cords that are holding the fucking... <laughs> Parachute to me. Make me heavier. Make me heavier while I parachute. Better or worse than hot air balloons? Better. Yeah, because at least you have some control, right? I think I would do this. Oh, I would never do that. You would skydive. Yeah. There's only one thing that can go wrong. <laughs> this is with that, it seems like there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces that can fuck up. Oh, I thought you were saying you don't you're not afraid of skydiving because if something goes wrong. Yeah, you're fucking done. It's, it's it. It's a wrap. With that, it's like who fucking knows what's gonna happen to you? like hot air balloon you can hit a tree the slow inevitable death with a bad hot air balloon experience fuck that man which is worse a hot air balloon is going down a little too fast or won't stop going up that's my nightmare is they hit that engine thing and it just keeps going and the guy looks at me like i don't know what to do i've got one parachute see you later do i just go into space and die do I set a record or do I just jump out? You know, I'm fucking, it's the worst. It's, it's almost the same terror about that, that Instagram video I was telling you about. Why doesn't he know what to do? It's never happened before. He's a hot air balloonist. It's never happened. It seems like it was. But he's been suspicious about it. He brought one parachute. Couldn't you just turn it off? That's the problem. It's not turning off. Oh, and it's too hot to touch, so you can't yank it out. Yeah. It's... Fuck. I wonder if you could throw your shirt over it or something. I kind of think that would just burn up. (laughs) And I don't want to get saved half naked. (laughs) I've let myself go. Do what we supposed to do. We shut it down. Oh man, Casey, what are we doing here? Do you want to talk about what what's happened? So, what do you mean? like, like I went to Chicago, and it was kind of it wasn't unexpected, but we we, we just weren't prepared for it. And, yeah, um, it was a little last minute. You guys decided it was. Yeah. And I was like, yo, we're going to record the episode. I'm just going to call in from Chicago. I had a few plans. about how mm-hmm. was... And we were like, yeah, we'll do it. Um, and then it didn't work. And no, so... I couldn't get the tech part, tech side of it down. It's fine. But it's fine. But like, I refuse to miss a week on Telefriends. So I'm like, fucking let's do it. Now. Better late than never. That's what I say, too. So we're coming at him. <clears throat> yeah. What's a supersized show? Oh, shit. How does the show work, though? This show is called Telefriends. Yo. This is episode 47 of that show. 47. We're playing the messages. You leave at 304-518-JAMS. JAMS! Uh, My name's Bo. I haven't heard any of these calls. My co-host here. I'm Casey. It's Casey. I've heard all these calls, and there's a lot of them, so we gotta get rolling. Okay. Let's go with call. No, brr, one. It might be a felony. Someone admitted to a crime. Hi, I'm Zach from Oregon. Hi, Zach. I wanted to tell you about the time I accidentally threw down the restaurant Whoa. that I worked at in high school. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm cleaning up 
uh, after the day and mopping up. And there's this little enclosure behind the building that housed the water heater. That's where we kicked the mop bucket into uh, every evening. And uh, when I kicked the mop bucket in... He, he kicks the mop... Take the mop bucket into... He kicks the mop bucket into the water heater? Like the closet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. the closet. Just... My bad, Zach. In there. Um, I heard some kind of clunk. Uh, that wasn't accustomed to hearing, because I did that many times. Kicking the mop bucket in there. And... Uh, <laughs> <Foreign> clunk. <laughs> so I didn't think anything of it. Went back inside, finished up. Right. So, like you do. About two in the morning, apparently the fire started. Huh. Right at the water heater, uh, which I kicked uh, the mop bucket into, um, <laughs> and uh, totally leveled the whole place. Oh shit! Um, it was my first Sunday morning uh, breakfast, you know, dishwashing and cooking the next day. So I pull in, you know, to uh, <laughs> go to work. And just coincidentally, having a uh, old Spitfire. Uh, skateboard company, you know, Spitfire Wheels. Nice. Burn shirt on. It was a little six figure of a dude with a Zippo letter. Uh, lighting a cat's tail on fire. It was literally fire on my shirt. I had black mohawk back then. So I'm pulling in to work with my black mohawk and my Spitfire Wheels burn shirt on. Makes sense. And, you know, the fire inspector's there and everything. <laughs> Looking at me sideways like, who the hell is this guy? The owner gives me a big hug. Anyways, it's like not a fired. bummer story because she got insurance paid out and everybody lives happily ever after. Right. And there was no investigation of me whatsoever, which was yeah, yeah, totally maybe now uh, insane. I would I would think that there should be an investigation, but everybody loved this old lady so much in the community that. It was kind of swept under the rug. No investigation. Surely the guy who worked there <laughs> looked like a psycho. Could <laughs> um, not have burned the dresser down. So. And there, so can't be hundred percent sure, but it's pretty, uh, pretty clear what happened. Well, uh, I just want to share that. Thanks, so, man. Thanks. Yo, that dude straight three and a half. Oh, what? So it's two and a half at the end. I think he was timing himself. Oh, wow. Yeah, well done. It was really 2.49. And then we paused it. <laughs> the important facts. Sweet explanation, <laughs> Bo. <laughs> People love those details. Yeah, they want to know. I'm like, a, I'm like, a, I'm setting the tripometer every time. <laughs> Make sure I'm getting the right gas mileage. Yeah, that guy straight burned his restaurant. Though. Yeah, he 100% knocked something that tipped over and against the water heater that got heated. And then, like, yeah, but like, he didn't, I mean, it's not like he would like fucking. He went in there with matches and a right. gasoline can, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he. An accident it was still an, has a perpetrator. That's true. But nobody asked him. I'm saying you were like, this dude might be confessing to a crime. I don't think he is. I think it's like, you know, shit happens. Felonies happen, man. I don't think it is it a can you can you get arrested for accidental setting things on fire? I think so. I don't think so. No. You don't think they would destruction of property um or maybe. I mean maybe. But like no, not like you're an employee, it was really an accident based on the thing. <laughs> like, yo, like fucking things happen. The court of shit happens. Yeah. What 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 do you, where where do you want mm-hmm. one second. Where do you want to go from here? Uh, get the sense but, that you're feeling a little rusty. 
I am. I do feel rusty. I like I'm out of the fucking rhythm. So I am 100% not a proponent of the idea of sink, sink or swim. Uh-huh. But that's what we're going to do here. We went from synchronicity. Let's go ahead. To sink or swim. With call number 11. Oh, shit. Word? Yeah. Prepare yourselves Damn. for a world of fantasy and adventure. Already. Yep. Welcome to TFD&D. Okay. Go. You Jeez. are Stone and the Brobarian. Goddamn right I am. Wielding Dapper Dude and Dabbler in the dankest of danger and doobage. Casey, you nope. are Blizzit, sixth of twenty, sixth. reincarnating time right. wizard with the body of an aging muscle man and the head of a beautiful shining unicorn. Still not sure why. We why? rejoin our heroic hunks in the back room of Torm and Glorp's taco stand yeah. in the sleepy Brobarian village of Santiva. Why would we wear shirts? here upon the wolven steps. His stack of dishes finally clean. Stonan pauses to rest this and. What? Remembers the important-looking note that had fallen from the journal what? of Chongo many rips. Okay. He pulls it from his pocket, uncrumples it, and reads, Dear Adventure Amigos, It appears I have come unstuck from math time. <laughs> Regrettably, I seem to be caught within an inescapable logic loop. Fortunately, the Third and Thirteenth is here too, and he's let me in Weird. on some tips that could unfuck this whole duck. Okay. The first of the Accountomancer's <clears throat> deeds is hidden nearby. Seek the guidance of Bartholomew Blacktar. He's a local. All right. Peace out, Dugalogs. <laughs> With that, the note recrumples itself, disappearing as it folds backwards into math time. Blazit the Sixth finishes <laughs> ringing the mole from his luscious golden unicorn mane, and together he and Stonehen okay. hasten forth. Not realizing that the malfunctioning state of math time had effectively turned their day of debt repayment into a never-ending stretch of taco turmoil. What? Recognizing our rowdy roustabouts intent to renege on their repayment, Torm and Glorp, double-headed Hydra, as well as owner and operator, respectively, <laughs> of Torm and Glorp's tacos, right. rush to devour Stone End and Blazit, respectively. <laughs> what do you do? I, I, the first thing that happens is Stone Ann turns to uh, to, to, to Blazit, sixth of twenty, and says, "Yo, yo, Blazit, huh. the fuck's going on with your unicorn head, dog? Man, you, you got you me. You didn't have a unicorn head before. I didn't do this. You do now. It just, you know, it's almost as if there's an outside power controlling our fates. Also, I seem to remember. Hold on, Torm. They'll be fine. Glorp. Glorp. Um, <clears throat> Lord, pull back Torm. This will take just one second. Just a minute. We got to work. You've always out. been a great boss, Lord. I've never had a problem with you, but I seem to remember that last time we like we blew this popsicle stand. Right? We were. Out. I think we were we were fishing up dishes. Okay. We said we were just going to pop out at around lunchtime. So we're not in a situation where no matter what we do, like anything else could happen because we're because we're unstuck in time. Yeah, I'm not sure there either. Also, do you remember, like? Can we talk what about that this? Note Torm. It's cool. Be cool. Be cool. We get a smoke break. It's in the contract. Every 15. I know we don't smoke. I'm take, We're taking our 15. We're taking them together. <laughs> Yo, when he was saying in the note, right, mm -hmm. that look nearby. The, the three and 16. Is he talking about nearby him or nearby us? Because I don't know who the fuck he is. It's a trap. I don't trust him. 
you know what three plus 16 is? 19. That's my least favorite number. Ooh. I would never come to him in that combination. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Chongo mini rips. Fuck that guy forever. Fuck him in math and time. Math, time, and Chongo. Do you think there is a guy named Bartholomew What's-His-Face, though? Oh, probably. I don't know. This is your town. Let's fight Torm and Glorp. And... Why do we got to fight everybody? That's a good question. Why do we need to fight you, Torm and Glorp? I say we sit down at a table with Torm and Glorp, mm-hmm. come up with reasonable demands. Yeah. Yeah. Offer to buy a share of the restaurant. We'll offer, to, to instead of our debt, let's move my debt over into a partial ownership. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that a percentage of all profits of ours will go to them. Yeah. Until we're caught up. Until we're caught up. Yeah. And at which point, then we start reaping the profits. Yes, and we're going to be out in the field making more sense. money to open more locations. Networking. Networking. It's important. Glorp will be on board. I think so. I don't... He's. The, I think Glorp's the visionary between the two of them. Glorp has a controlling share in Torment Glorp. But I, you didn't hear this from me. The way I understand it is that Torm is the owner, but Glorp is the operator? Yeah, but that's just titles, really. I huh. think. So Torm's like more of a finger, huh? Yeah. Okay. He's he's the, the, the good-looking one. He's the face. Right, right. Glorp's the heart. We get Glorp, we've got it. Stone and Blizzy approach Torm and Glorp, presenting them with this operator. <laughs> Deal's a deal. <laughs> Put her there, Torm, Glorp. You drive a hard bargain. Yeah, because we accepted less than what we originally asked for. We sure did. But no. We are bad at business. Luckily, math is broken. I know, so we may end up being really good at business. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way this worked. Okay, um, so we're going to go. Yeah. We're going to we go, go find this Ben Blackfeather. What's his name? Bartholomew Butthole Face. Let's, let's, let's look him up. All right. And, and off we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for a This while. has been another uh, exciting um, episode of TFD&D. <laughs> Where we talked about our business deals. <laughs> Wait, Excuse I me. call that episode points on the back end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. So as we've shown in these first, very first two calls, telefriends can be a lot of things to a lot of people. True. A little bit of a confessional. Yes. A place to get a good story told. Totes. An outlet for creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. Like your... TFDN. Yes. There's one that I've never, we've never had it used as before. Oh, really? That I want us to explore now. Yes. Let's call number four. Hey, guys. Hi. When I was a kid, there was a radio station called K92FM. <laughs> and it was the, uh, it was like the main radio station in Roanoke. They had a thing that was like, hey, what's the phrase that pays? And they're like, hey, K92 is my favorite radio station. And you can call K92 and be like, hey, um, <laughs> me and Cynthia just had a really, had a weird fight at the skating rink. And, uh, Fuck Cynthia. I just want to say that I love her. And, uh, I know. Here's this do. Montel Jordan song this for her. I hope she likes Heavy D and the Boys. Sorry, <laughs> Cynthia. And so I wanted to call Telefriends for okay. a couple of reasons. One, I wore a Telefriends shirt tonight in front of an audience. Whoa. For a fundraiser for the bazaar, the only record store left in Roanoke, Virginia. They're a nonprofit. You should donate to them. Okay. Casey, Bo, if you love me, you can put a link and whatever. But also, I mean, we say we I need to get the crowd going. <laughs> I needed to be the Robert Johnson of karaoke that I am. 
don't really get that reference. I went real big. And the problem with going real big... Is... Robert Johnson famously sold his soul to the devil for superior guitar playing skills, correct? Is that who that is? As far as I know. Okay, so he went saying, down to the crossroads. Will's saying he's done that to, to, for karaoke skills. He's really good at karaoke. Well, let's keep listening. Is that I only do it better than I did right now. Oh, no. So long ago. No way. With J.P. Garyes. And I did a thing that I've never done without J.P., and I'm sorry. And I want to apologize like I'm calling K92 and 1992 okay. to J.P. right now. I took my shirt off during karaoke. Makes sense. Without JP. And I know that's a thing that like that started with JP and that has only continued with JP and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I talked about PM Dawn. I tried to say all the things that would make it okay, but at the end of the night, it's just like me alone eating taquitos. Whoa. Being sorry. That's so really tell sad. friends. Fucking Casey, Bo, I love you guys. I just want to say to JP that I'm sorry I took my shirt off during Meatloaf. I'm sorry I took my shirt off during Four Hundred Blondes. Which, here's my question for you, dudes. Oh God, did Four Hundred Blondes invent steampunk? <laughs> I think they did. All right, JP, I love you. Bo, I love you. Casey, I love you. I'm sorry. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> did Four Hundred Blondes invent steampunk? Sure. They might have. They definitely like who. They definitely invented that top hat and goggles. Aesthetic, well, they right? they put it out in the forefront. I yeah. think there's probably weirdos at dead shows doing the top hat and goggles. Sure, but like the big aviator shits. <clears throat> I, I have a question for you. Casey. Yeah. Do we have a lot of jam outs on this episode? Just we've got one. One. Yeah. Can I jam this one out? Yeah. Can we send this one out to JP? Yes. All right. I think he needs it because it's. If his reaction, usually when someone so sadly apologizes for something, yeah, the person they're apologizing to feels even worse. Word. So he's got to feel terrible because Will sounded on the edge of tears. He really did. He said he loved us three times in that call. We love you too, Will. But not put a link in the thing, love you. No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this one, We're sending this one out to JP. Will says he's sorry. From WKTF. In sunny Austin. Come on, that was pretty good, right? That was really I didn't good. even know what the song was. Yeah, you hit the thing. Yeah. I'm looking to the sky to save me. Looking for a sign of life. <laughs> took too long. Looking for a complication. Gallant or gallant? I don't know. G A L L A N T. Gallant? I think it's gallant. Run and tell all of the angels. It's really good. <laughs> this could take all night. He should do the whole album. He really should. I need a devil to help me get things right. Hook me up a new revolution. Cause this one is alive. Sat around laughing and watched the last one die. Does it ever do more than this? 
that's great. Then that's perfect. Yeah. All right, JP. Chin up. You and you and you and Will are friends forever. So Bo. Yeah. Can I do? Can we talk? (laughs) There was a period, (laughs) and uh, I I know this character JP. Yeah. Uh, Tell a friend's listeners might know not not know JP. JP is uh. He he was the most popular man in Austin, and he moved to San Antonio. <laughs> now he's third place most popular man in Austin. Right. Like, uh, yeah. Um, there was a period in our lives where JP and I had alarms set to um, text Will, Will a uh, 311 lyric every day at 311. <laughs> <laughs> like, with zero explanation whatsoever. Like, uh, Will, Will got, like, really mad at us. <laughs> like, it was weird. We were like, he was, like, actually upset. And we were, I, I don't know. And like, did uh, you try to keep it obscure at first? Yeah, and like, it was deep cuts at first. And then, like, you know, I think, like, I, 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 did you tell him blue was the color of his energy? And he, <laughs> that's when he figured out what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> or did you just spend a week t- typing whoa to him? Are you going out tonight? I don't know. I think I'm staying in. Don't stay home this time. <laughs> whoa. I just wanted to say that that all, all we were trying to do was, was, was hug you with the arms of Nick Hexum. That's one of many hugs I'll pass on. <laughs> so, yep. little table setting for this next series of Ooh. calls. Series of? <clears throat> Shit. This two a series. We'll find out. Last episode, we, ha- we have a reoccurring segment where someone gives us the plot of a movie. Right. And we give the title. True. Right? Yes. Last week, we had someone describing a scenario yeah. where they were called Rachel switches. Switches bodies. Plays, yeah, switches bodies with another woman named rachel during the eclipse atlanta during the eclipse she goes to peewee football practice yes she's very important meetings yes she seems very successful she does we asked callers for what the title of that movie should be oh yeah because we're tired of doing all the heavy lifting why do we gotta do it all the time and we got some we'll start with call number 10 all right call number 10 the film is called the light side of the moon Doi. <laughs> so, light side of the moon. Light side of the moon. All right. Doi. Doi. I don't know if I get light side of the moon. I mean, I light get that it's dark not the side dark of the side moon. of the moon. Yeah. And I don't see where Judge Reinhold comes into it to be a per- good body switch movie. You can have Judge Reinhold. That's true. Another caller had m- more suggestions. Okay. It's call number nine. Greetings. Okay. I'm Jeff Thirstyworthy. <laughs> As per your request, the following is a list of names for a movie about two women named Rachel. Swapping places during a solar eclipse. Thirsty worthy. Moon swapped. Mind swapped Monday. Rachel becomes her. That's being Rachel Malkovich. Well. Lou Gnarly. (laughs) A tale of two Rachels. Surrounded by lunar tricks. Hidden sun swapping woman. The lady vanishes and is immediately replaced by a similarly (laughs) named lady. Blame it on the moon. And my favorite, Eclipse Sisters. Oh, Eclipsters. Eclipsters is, is the one. Yeah, Eclipsters is where we He was were. right on the yeah, verge. Yeah, yeah. Eclipsters. That's why we're the pros. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at Moonswap, though. Like, I could see, like, Eclipsters colon Moonswapped. Oh, yeah, because there's going to be... There's going to be a series well, of these. you're already... Eclipse already... No, because, moon because fucking Eclipsters 2, lightning strikes twice. But then why is it an eclipse? Because they're the Eclipsters. Oh, do they get switched again? 
Yeah, they switch back in the sequel. Oh, uh, well, is that the twist of? Yeah, the they never switch at the back. very end. They're like, and everything's perfect. And they all we all pause waiting for them to switch back, and it just never they happens. <laughs> they solve all the problems in each other's lives, and then just have fantastic lives as those people. <laughs> they have to spend their lives realizing that they're the only ones who know that they're and that they're the problem. <laughs> They're the reasons their lives weren't the successes they wanted them to be. Yeah, that's Eclipsters 1, Moon Swapped. <laughs> it sounds like it's a novel series. And then Eclipsters 2, Lightning Strikes Twice, there's a lightning storm. Uh-huh, <clears throat> they both uh-huh. get struck at the same time, switch back. And like throughout their lives, they keep like not telling people, like not admitting it to themselves, but doing things that they think might cause a switchback. Yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> they get blood transfusions, like they meet each other, like in a different city and yeah they <laughs> they do everything they can they go see a lot of psychics they play chicken <laughs> just <laughs> two of them standing at the opposite ends of a street just running towards each other <laughs> <laughs> just head first they both pee in the same fountain that happens in one of those movies <laughs> uh, yeah I love the Eclipsters movie series <clears throat> The Clipster series. Thank you, Jeff Thirstyworthy. <laughs> Good suggestions, Doy. Also last week. Yes. Bo. I vaguely remember last week. We had a caller who talked about hamburgers. Yes. And we were a little this unsure I recall. about the concept of the smash burger. Oh, yeah. And someone very clearly explained it to us with okay. call number eight. We're just going in reverse order. Are we? Hey, telefriends. A little uh, culinary corner here. You are incorrect about what a uh, smash burger is. A smash burger is more of a technique. Um, anytime you have a cooked piece of beef, you have like kind of the uh, pink inside and then the uh, caramelized crust on the outside or in the uh, Maillard reaction. Uh, smash burger is just a way to really, really maximize that crust and just have like a hair thin, uh, really rare pink inside. Uh, what you do is just take a uh, patty of uh, ground beef, not ground chuck, that's something, just ground beef. Um, make it a little like kind of tuna can shaped cylinder out of it. Get a really super hot cast iron skillet. It's hot as you can get that thing. Uh, salt one side of the patty, uh-huh. put it on there. Yep. Take a spatula, put all your weight on that spatula. I like to use a, a mortar from a mortar and pestle. Uh, maybe a cast iron pot would work too, but just smash every living hell out of that for about 30, 30 seconds. Smash the burger. Depending on the heat you got. Yeah. Flip it over, um, salt it, salt the other side, flip it over, salt side down, press again, um, get it directly into a uh, bun with a slice of cheese on it. It's going to go real fast. It's good. Not my favorite way to do a burger, but uh, for some people, that crust, it uh, really hits all the points. There you go. You eat a smash burger with your smash mouth. Somebody (laughs) once ate me. I'm a delicious burger. <laughs> also, can we talk? Can that can that color sound? Could was that Alton Brown? It sounded exactly yeah. like Alton Brown. It, it sounded like that exasperated tone of "I'm an expert, dummy." Here's yeah. Here's how you yeah, do here's this. The, you should know this. Yeah, and that also, I don't know that anybody's given like a straight recipe slash cooking technique on this. Well, show there you go. I, I, I've awesome. never done that. Now I kind of want to try it. I don't, man. I don't eat red meat. Doesn't mean you can't cook for another person, Bo. That's true. I'll make you a smash burger, dog. Open up your doors of your heart. Open your heart door and let me knock on in. Knock on in there. No soliciting. (laughs) 
Yeah, we got solicited the other day. I was pissed. Did you point at the sign? Yeah, but no one was in the front door. I, like, there was a card. Oh, left. there was already one there. Yeah. You should call them. You should take a picture of it. <laughs> hey, no and soliciting. Then, like, text that picture to whatever that number is. I should. I, like... Did I ever tell you about the time that my wife, uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving, was in, was in the kitchen cooking and I was like playing a video game or something? No. She came in and she's like, hey, taste this. And she has this thing in her hand. And I look at it. It's like, oh, it's peanut butter fudge. She right. said she was going to make peanut butter fudge. It was not. It was tofurkey. Whoa. How was it? Now I can't eat tofurkey. Like every time I see it, I think of that because I had that ex- expectation. That of one real moment. Delicious peanut buttery goodness. Yes. And it was to- It was this almost meaty weirdness. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Toe fuck you. <laughs> no, thank you. And toe fuck you. <laughs> All right. Do you want a call? Someone asking us our opinions on things we've professed to love uh, or do you want someone to put us in a what would you do scenario uh love then what okay and we'll do call number five hey tell tubbies hey big ross hey it's been several weeks since yeah, my been. last confession at least on uh, on the air <laughs> apparently we've had technical difficulties i i have called a few times mm-hmm. but uh for whatever reason my messages got lost in the shuffle. Uh, so apparently, there's there's either a problem with West Virginia's telephony, telephony, or I've accidentally been calling three zero four five one eight jars. Jars, jars. Uh, we we may never know. So uh, hopefully, other listeners out there haven't uh, experienced the same ordeal. I think they have. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, here's my first attempt to reconstruct some of these lost messages. That was all the apologia. Yes, it was all all the preamble. Mm-hmm. The prelude to a call. Yeah, which is a recap of calls I could have just played. <laughs> but I was saving for a future occasion. <laughs> forbid I hold on to a call. <laughs> Oh, this is a good call. I should save it until we really need a call. Neither of these calls worked, so I'm going to do them all at once. (laughs) (laughs) It must have not have been my content or a creative decision. This one is a three-parter. Oh, shit. First first part is, why do you both find William Tecumseh Sherman so fascinating? Number two. Wait. Let me take a minute. You're not going to need to write this down. Sometimes I need to take notes on a call. If it's a three-parter... I got it. Don't worry about it. I'm, well, I've already got the thing out. I've got it written down right here. Okay. Uh, why does at least Morris find <clears throat> Star Wars to be so lame? Mm-hmm. And number three... Sherman. Star would Wars. William Tecumseh Sherman make for a better general in the rebellion? Or a better admiral... In the Empire. Good question. And if you're still taking uh, jam in requests, oh man, it's a four part. Please consider playing DJ Shadow. Nobody speak. I think uh, I think that that's up your alley. It's your style. All right. Well, uh, hopefully, I make it on the air this time. Bye.
See, I always thought that this should be the song in the trailer for the next Star Wars movie. Yeah. How badass that be if a Star Wars trailer starts and then it's... This premiered on an episode of Silicon Valley. Yeah. They have a really good run of premiering shit on that show. Yeah, yeah. They, they actually take their songs they play to kind of seriously. Um, this is dope. Like, yeah. I remember that at a certain point you were, like, listening to this song every day. Yeah. It's a good song. It really is. Great video. It's a great video. It's a good jam in. So what do we want to do? We didn't answer these questions. We want to jam this dude out. What do you, what do you want to do? Hey, man, take the wheel. Open your heart door and take the wheel. I mean, I feel like that song... This is a uh, that new action Bronson featuring Big Body Best it's called Tank. The eighteen wheeler pop, people driving through your living room. Why you watching more? Taint. True story. Jump in the pool with the tool on me. Two forty. T A N K like a Sherman tank. I was just drawing a Sherman tank around the word Sherman on my notepad. Top dog teams. I'm so happy Action Bronson's got a new album out. I don't really listen to him. He's so good. He's such a rad dude. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> He has another song on this record called My Right Lung, and it's the truest shit I've ever heard. And the whole thing that he keeps repeating on that song is, um, I would give my right lung to dunk a basketball just one time. And I'm like, I'm fucking <laughs> with you. Usually we go like deep cuts on jams, and like these, that was like, it's out there. Those were like, yeah, that's right on the edge of the street. Popular bangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about William Tecumseh Sherman. Let's talk about him. I got really into William Tecumseh Sherman because my dad told me to read Sherman's letter to the City Fathers of Atlanta, and I did. And um, I thought then, and I think now, that it's like, uh, okay, so the definitive document of the Civil War is the Gettysburg Address, right? Yes. And it's unfuckwithable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And it's like 45 seconds long. Yeah. It's fucking, he nails it. Yeah. Sherman's letter, letter to the City Fathers of Atlanta, I think, is is my favorite written document of the Civil War. I think it's the fucking coolest thing. Yeah. Where he's like, I don't know, what he's saying in that letter is get your shit and get out of here because we're burning it down. Yeah. And the second you guys decide to not, like, be in rebellion, we're not burning it down. Yeah. Like, we're helping you build it. You, you've you've forced us to do this. Y'all done fucked up and here's what happened. Get, get out of my way. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. I'm not stoked to be doing it. Like that, and that, I'm letting that, you live. I'm just destroying your means of making war. That that's was, all. That's what got me, is I had both a high school and college professor that Sherman was their guy. Yeah. And the reason he was their guy was his him being the first and one of the only ones to see what was happening before. Yeah. And he he, he called it. it from jump. Like yeah. He was like, because he was, what was it? He was like the, 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 the co- headmaster of like a military academy in like louisiana when the war broke out and he was like you guys are fucked yeah like one this is gonna take forever and two you're fucked yeah and yeah he's yeah 
this isn't going to be some fancy Mm-mm. done by the end of the summer. Yeah, that thing. whole thing he says yeah. to his friend about how like they have the fucking the means to make war machines and you guys don't have the means to make a pair of shoes. Yeah, is like <laughs> dog. It's guys who thought about it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, yeah. and that's what always appealed to me is he felt like a more modern guy for the, yeah. than a lot of his contemporaries did. Yeah. He also had like kind of a Mark Twain-esque career after the war, which I think is interesting. Where he was just kind of like traveled around and fetid and giving lectures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, man, if you have to do horrible things in the name of your country, like yeah. to be able to do that afterwards is like good for you, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the thing about him is like he's he's easy to paint in a progressive light, but he's also easy to not do that. Too. Well, yeah. So like whatever. He's still a dude of his time. And I just don't want to be confused with the guy who, like, fully endorses everything that fucking William Tecumseh Sherman did. I don't. I just think he was, like, a fantastic intellect and writer in that war. He's a really good in for learning about this war to Mm -hmm. people of a certain bend. Yeah. You know, like, we're not historian dudes. We're not crazy about the Civil War. No, no. But he's a really interesting person to see a lot of the war through. Because he, he, he's a great writer. And he, like, you know, he wrote yeah. really well and expressed himself really well. Yeah, he was capable of making really clear and succinct statements. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Do you think he would have liked Star Wars? No. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> he would have said, oh my God, what is this? You're demons. How are you doing this thing on, the, on this wall? Take me back. I want to see the train coming at me. So Okay, so but answer me this. What's the scenario? So, okay, fuck. Like, you you be the scrolling text at the beginning of fucking... Jurassic Park? Yes. How does this... How does the Imperial... How does the Empire come to be? And what's the rebellion? And what's the relationship? Give me just a brief setup. Uh, the Empire comes to be through Senator-turned-Emperor Palpatine. Right. Changing the laws, manipulating different sides to giving him full control and then never giving it up and then turning it to a militaristic state okay and concentrating on power to rule instead of any nicer aspect so it's not a direct comparison to the no it's a a poor comparison between the two so but but okay so like what before that dude manipulated his way into becoming emperor palpatine Mm -hmm. before that what role did like uh princess leia's family play she their, her family were uh, senators Okay. from the planet that the Death Star blows up. So the Empire is a perversion of a previous form of government. And the Rebellion is a new and revolutionary form of government. It's just, yeah, they want to get rid of the... But they want like, to return rebellion to compi- a democracy. Right, where, but it's comprised of people who are like defectors from that Senate and shit. Yeah, pretty much. Across the universe, people who are resisting the control of the Empire. So it's more like the American Revolutionary War. If we got to yeah, put it in the yeah, frame that's of what American it was more War. aimed at, yeah. to be like, even to the fact that a lot of the bad guys in the movies are British actors. I don't think that Sherman would have been an effective general on either side in this in the war between the Empire and the and and, and the Rebellion. I'll tell you why. Because uh, planes would have scared him. <laughs> they would have scared much the shit spaceship. out of him. Much less spaceships. I think, but no, I think he, you know he's a, he, he's an adaptable guy. But he did get he did have a nervous breakdown in his own time. So yeah. Now well, you put him in a spaceship. <laughs> well, plus his thing was using the technological and production might yeah. to win the war. But he was also to- about minimizing loss of life. Yeah. And so I don't know if that would be an effective tactic in a space war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's That tactic sounds more empire than it does rebellion. Because rebellion never had 
the production. Yeah. It relied on tiny, super talented individuals and, and groups to do things. To do like and surgical spa- strikes. And space magic. Right. Which would also would have scared them. But they use guerrilla tactics and sur- surgical strikes. Yes. Yeah, I don't think this is Sherman's War. No, he would have set this one out. Yeah. Because it's a fantasy movie. <laughs> and they're not comparable. What was the last thing? That was it. No. Oh, why do I hate it, though? Yeah. Fucking Star Wars sucks. It doesn't, but that's okay. I think the writing in Star Wars sucks is how I feel about it. The dialogue is shit that I I fucking... Whatever. I don't... (laughs) (laughs) I think the first two are really good movies. I think think the second one is a good movie. I think the one and three... Like, uh, that's... A New Hope is four is the deal. We know know what we mean by one and three. Okay. One of three, a three and... bad movies. Two is dope. Yeah. Uh, I love that fucking David Lynch turned it down <coughs> to do fucking do, <laughs> which is another terrible movie. <laughs> to do probably a worse movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. It's like it's such. I don't even think about it critically anymore. That's what I don't think anybody does. Yeah, because it's and it I think such that's a the problem. I think if you look at that movie, exploded my imagination. Sure, when I saw it, and that's fantastic. And I love that that and happened. I love, love that it inspired that. a generation of people to, yeah. to, to be creative. I'm just saying, if you did look at it from a critical <clears throat> eye, you'd be like, yeah, this is bad. Like, but the uh, thing is, is like, but then I wonder, like, is it really? I don't know if it's really that bad because it keeps being made worse. I think the a Force Awakens, I think, is the best Star Wars thing that ever happened. And I think it's a new hope made by a person who fucking knows how dialogue works and yeah. stories. Well, yeah, for sure. I totally get that. But they keep going back and changing the old ones and making them worse movies. Right. Yeah. Like, I think there's core things that Lucas really knew about story. I think if so, not too. dialogue. Yeah. That he was great at. I, in building a world through the help of really talented people. World building is really important. Anytime I ever hear the world, the word world building, the term world building, I'm always like, that's synonymous with wheel spinning to me. Like, if you're world building, you're just not telling a story. You're fucking, like, just building the... Yeah. You're, you're decorating the scenery because you can't be, figure I, out I what I think to be to an tell. effective sci-fi story, you have to have... Sure. You have to have a universe. This world has built to make out. sense. That you know, yeah. you have to see how it works a little bit more than right. Because there's nothing worse than a character telling you how everything works as they're going on, which Star Wars doesn't do really. Like they got a little bit of that since like he's yeah. a you know from a backwater and whatnot. But which is the one where there's that sequence where fucking Anakin and Obi Wan are like detectives for a minute? That's the second. One. That's like if that was the movie, that'd be a dope yeah, movie. for almost a minute. Like where he goes, like he goes to that. Yeah, he's checking out bars and talking yeah, yeah. to that guy. That shit's dope. Like yeah. if that like, was oh, the movie, man, if it was great. Anakin and Obi Wan fucking checking shit out and being yeah. buddy cops, yeah. like that's, I'm in. That's, but that movie is fucking terrible. That's kind of what the cartoons do. Is like they do shit like that. Right. And they're great. They're like fun little but stories. But then like ten seconds later, Anakin like fucking murders a whole group of children. Yeah, man, it's fucked up. And then fucking. Amidala's like, I guess that's chill. It's the mistake of making it a singular vision, the rewriting of how those movies worked to make them the singular vision of one man. Yeah. This, and that's what got, a, got so away. Bad. Like he was tempered and controlled by right. Studio other forces and, yeah. into making a good thing, including his friends. And then once he got to the point where he was like, I don't want to do it myself. That's a pretty good Lucas. <laughs> it, we, it showed where that fails. Right. And it fails in understanding your audience at all. Do you you know what I love about the Star Wars movies? Hmm. Is uh, a blue sky. You're going to get one for every year for the rest of your life? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> the next one's directed by a genuinely great director. 
you know my official my official fucking hot take on Star Wars is you don't like Star Wars, you just miss being young. Yeah. Like that's that's really what I think about it. And it's so it's like a new Star Wars movie every year doesn't sound like we're indoctrinating new fans as much as it sounds like we're like participating in the perpetual adolescence. She, of yeah, it's and I'm like, fuck cool. that, man. Like, I, I'm totally down with going to see a movie that, like, I know the stakes. I know how this world works. Totally. Yeah. I want to see characters do cool shit and have fun action scenes. Yeah. Like, That's fine. I'm totally cool with that. I like shots. I like wide angle shots of blue skies over tan deserts. I yeah. always think that's cool. So, like. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm always like, is those, right. is that going to be the name of one of your solo albums? Yeah, Blue, Blue Skies, Skies Over Tan Deserts. <laughs> I love it. All right. Yeah, we did that one call for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, good luck with that one. Thanks. Uh, I have to edit this shit. Like, really. Can I just say, I've been on a fucking, I've been in an airplane and a supermarket today. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> Gross. You definitely caught something. So, what was my segue? I had one. Fuck. It's a slow day, man. These late day recordings. We're talking about Star Wars. I know, but fucking blah, 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 call number seven. Do you want me to top you off with this cherry Coke real quick? I got it. What up, Telefam? What up? Molly. Hey. Hit a couple things on my mind this morning. Number one, never got a follow-up from that text message. Oh. As you all predicted, I wrote back a very nice response, even suggested some authors. Which ones? Good. Did a pretty nice welcoming job. Nothing. Uh, number two, <laughs> I wanted to let you all know I've been listening to host a podcast in the morning. Oh, la And I don't have telefriends to listen to. Oh, well. And uh, your <laughs> podcast has changed my podcast listening experience. Oh. And I think that's really cool. So I wanted to let you know that. Because we can call in and share thoughts from previous episodes and interact with other True. callers. I now feel like I'm listening to podcasts in a way that's sort of more uh, like a dialogue. I'm just like, I just, I feel like this call is going to make a hairpin turn into the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm kind of finding myself in the conversation. Um, cool. As opposed awesome. to just kind of a passive spectating experience. So, it's awesome. Uh, the last thing is, uh, thinking about uh, Will's frustration with Aerosmith. And um, I was reminded of a good friend who got an Aerosmith tattoo on yes. her rear end. Yes. She was 18. And, Talk about living on the edge. Uh, That's crazy and amazing. And I just wondered if you all uh, go back to your 18-year-old selves and uh, get embarrassing tattoos. Oh, man. What would they be and where would they be on your body? Oh, man. That's it. Bye. <laughs> yeah, Bye. Let's go through this one by one. I like, Can we talk about... I feel like maybe... Your expectations were too high from this. It wasn't like this wrong number was going to be your new best friend. Yeah, but like if... Where's the harm and the fun and the not responding? That's true. Yeah, be like, oh, yeah, that's funny. That's funny that you or respond like, to every message. That's not true at all. Every message. Yeah, it seems like you would have sent like eyes wide embarrassed face emoji. Ha ha ha. Or LOL. Who the fuck is this? Get off my phone. New phone who dis? <laughs> 
<laughs> what was the second part of this? Oh, you fucking yo! Thank you. Those are the kind words with the second part of it. Yeah, that's the thing we're kind of shooting for is to have a interactive experience, a dialogue. Yeah, we're only an ongoing conversation with you. We're the, the one half better part of the show, and the rest of you <laughs> are the other half. <laughs> If you were 18 if you were 18 and getting a tattoo though megatron as a gun megatron as a gun on your forearm megatron as a guy standing there fuck off you have you man or other sides of my both sides of my arm megatron megatron megatron, <laughs> megatron, megatron. <laughs> really would have regretted that one yeah i have a tattoo from when i was 22 that i'm like oh what would my fucking tattoo be it would be like when it says never making it to 30 <laughs> Aerosmith on your ass is a pretty bad one. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I wonder if it's like the steering wheel looking logo. That That's got to be with the wings. It has to be that, yeah. I, I could have... You know what? 18-year-old Bo might have gotten the fucking Jumpman somewhere <laughs> on his body. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Jordan Jumpman. Um, Yuck. I don't know if I would have get it. Ta- I don't know if I would have had it tattooed so much as like shaved into the back of my head somehow or something. <laughs> That's too tentative to really pick very many stickers to put on my car much less get a tattoo yeah or i had to really be like am i going to ever be embarrassed by this band before i'd put on a thing <laughs> i i would yeah a jump man or a nike swoosh i would have put on my body so nike swoosh might have been more likely over my heart and uh, and amphony hearted away his face or just little penny just a little bit yeah oh you know there's a guy with that that tattoo out there man you know it's true i fucking love little penny (laughs) bo yes it's been a long it's been been a while Mm -hmm. and i know you're looking forward to this and you don't even know it this is for you yes call number two baby voice grandpa's oh shit beloved author james patterson children pointing sticks at each other okay jimmy carter ants what and getting the key to the city of provo utah add those all together and what do you get obviously episode 44 telefriends but also a short story that i like to call year four day 129 meanwhile in anonymity fuck yes next call Yeah, Listing the great unsung heroes of the latter half of the Cape Age, we would be remiss if we did not mention Hank Smith. This unassuming Utah farm boy was the first to establish a pay-to-protect business with his company, Masqueraders, Inc. They contracted such lesser-known heroes as Nobody, the modern Samson, Western Cracker, a name that, in later years, he assured his biographer was designed with only the sound of a gunshot in mind. Whoa. And, uh, perhaps most curiously, a sharpshooting heroine named Two-Gun Gal. Her inclusion in the roster befuddles only when one knows the great secret of Masqueraders, Inc., that all its constituent heroes were Hank Smith himself. Whoa. With a face forgettable enough to blend into any crowd, but a wit quick enough to mask the fact that he had no powers whatsoever other than being a relatively good shot, Smith was one of the most versatile and, for obvious reasons, 
unrecognizable heroes of the 1970s. Oh my God. Perhaps his most memorable achievement, other than dubious claims of ridding the White House of an ant infestation, <laughs> allowing him to take the photo with Jimmy Carter presented <laughs> on the following page, was the night he diffused a hostage situation at a minor league hockey game in Provo, Utah. He so thoroughly disguised himself as a baby stroller that one of the would-be hostage takers was quoted as saying, that baby's voice was cute enough that I was about to kitschy coo his little chin until I seen the snub nose under the ducky bib. Whoa. That night earned Smith the key to the city and continued popular goodwill until 1983 when he discharged his revolvers at two pre-teenage boys, mistaking what? the sticks they were pointing at each other and their grandfather for actual weapons. After 1987, Smith was never seen publicly again. Beloved author Jane Pattinson wrote of Hank Smith that he was his best self when he was someone else, and he was his happiest self when he was two-gun gal. Huh. Reports of a mysterious blonde woman in the vicinity of his Provo home in the 1990s are, as of this writing, unconfirmed. Yeah. Thank you, short story man. That's the guy from 365 times 365. Killing it. Killing it. Like, Again. The thing about it is those short stories are 365 words long. Yeah. He's really fucking ringing out every drop from those 365, yeah. 365 words. Like, he's really killing it. Yeah. I'm, like, right there with him. That was a high-concept operation. Because, like, because the idea of, like superhero group as protection agency i think has been done you would know better than i mm -hmm. but not like that that was really like i don't know i like that he takes sign of like you know a superhero trope and then gives it like a, a you know the, the there's three layers to it i think it's fucking great. yeah yeah and it, I, I imagine it's, it's, it's so helpful. fucking good that guy's so fucking good i imagine it's the one of the funnest parts is like making a list of points that you want to work into a thing yeah and then writing a thing to do that Yo, right on, short story man. W R I T on. <laughs> and with with that killer, <laughs> let's been tell a friend about. Ah, uh, well, shit. That's been episode forty-seven. Yep. Today's Wednesday. It is. Um, I'm gonna try to get this edited Thursday. <laughs> but then we're back in the saddle on Sunday. Yeah. So there's gonna be a, a quick turnaround, and we burnt some calls here. Yeah, we need some calls, dogs. Yeah, that was a that was a heavy load. But thank you for listening to Telefriends. And thank you for calling Telefriends. Thanks to Taku for the use of his theme song. Supposed to do. Off his album. Did you hear how I said supposed to do just then? <laughs> supposed to do. <laughs> Taku's doing this interesting thing. Ooh, hot mic. Yo, is this the shit where he's soundtracking his photographs? Yeah, or Yo. he's soundtracking his own photographs. And it's awesome. Taku's killing the game. He has like yeah. three or four Instagram accounts yeah. that all rule. You should all be following Taku and everything he does. Yeah. You and should never mentioning our show because I'm too embarrassed that if he ever listens to it. He knows about us. Yeah. Though. We ask for permission. Yeah. But. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks to Taku. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for calling. But yeah. Uh, what we're saying was we need. Calls. Some calls. Get in there. Mix it up. If you need prompts, check our Facebook, check our Twitter. We put stuff like that up there. Also, I got a surplus of jams, dude. Like, I got so many jams. Bo came back from Chicago jam heavy. I'm fucking jam city When I saw right him, now. I gasped. And yeah. thought he put on jam white. I did. I did. I went, 
My jams right now are Michelin starred. <laughs> You're ready to jam. I'm just saying I had a veggie burger at the Ralph Lauren restaurant, dog. You're BTJ. Born to jam. Born to jam. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yo, stop by our fucking Facebook page. Yeah. And it's, give us a rate, review, and subscribe. And fucking, yo, please. Um, I Like, there's been some new callers like Zach and stuff. Uh, that I'm like, welcome aboard. How to say this? Then it's the new callers like Zach. Somebody must have told Zach to listen to Telefriends. That's the best thing ever. It's the best thing you yes. can do, right? Like, is fucking tell your friends to listen to Telefriends and to call Telefriends to be a part of this. And here's podcast where we have a, a section we like to call, where are you at? Yeah, where are you at? Kelly, if it counts. Kelly, if it counts. It fucking counts. Where are you at? Kelly, where are you? This has been Telefriends. Come back next week for episode 48. Come back early next week. We're fucking... Yo, coming out on a Thursday or Friday, coming out on a Tuesday. That's how we're doing it this this time. <laughs> That's how 47 and 48 are going to have to go. Yeah, get the calls in quick. Because your probability of being on the show is high. <laughs> <laughs> I burnt a lot this time. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to say, I have an exciting meeting about telephones tomorrow. Oh, shit. Yep. Oh, shit. Shit. Why don't you leave these people with a fine jam? Oh, we don't have a fucking... Nope. Ender, ender. Yeah, I got so many jams. I got a motherfucking Casey jam this week. Is this the Casey jam? I'm going to play you the oh, Casey shit. jam. I'm Casey. Like, usually... I don't, I don't remember making a jam. My jams are usually like... Except for that blueberry. <laughs> you know it's good. This is called Cherry by the band Cherry, not Blueberry. I'll say... Um, I'm going to assume the album's called Cherry. No, the album's called Dumbness. <laughs> like... knowing your sound is bad i love it you gotta i don't be. think it's always been my sound i think it's a new development yeah i think i live a chiller life maze too. <laughs> i think if you went back and looked at like you time traveled and looked at my cd collection probably a lot more aggro really yeah i don't think i'm just settling into this kind of zone yeah it's a good one it's a good spot like your younger years thinking one of the last things you'd ever want is someone to think you're boring <laughs> but now I'm totally cool with that being boring I don't think you're boring dog no I don't think I'm boring either but I'm okay if somebody looks at me and goes that guy's pretty boring I don't bother being the uh, no I yeah well, everything on me is like a statement though. Yeah, see you next week. Bye.